This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. All right, today's podcast is centered around one question from our client Facebook group. So this is a Facebook group that all of our clients are in, all our current and former clients that we've worked with online. So if you're not a part of that group, on a side note, I'm going to drop the link to this in the show notes. If you are currently working with us and you're not in the group, or you've worked with us in the past and you're not in the group, click the link in the show notes, hop on board that group. We want to give you a lifetime of value after you work with us. Make sure we can continue to support you, motivate you, and educate you even after we're done working with you. Because really our goal as coaches is to set you up for long-term success. So we want you in that group. But anyways, today's question came from that group, came from, shout out to Jen. Um, She is a nutrition coach and trainer who's also worked with us in the past. She crushed it. Um, but now she's on her own doing her own thing and nutrition coaching some clients. And her question was, I have a few nutrition clients that are getting close to their weight loss goal. Can you share some tips with how I can best coach them from here? Would you give them a little break and then set new goals? Is it possible to explain maintenance calories and macros? All right. So when someone ends the diet, basically how do we properly end a client's diet, or if you're someone that's dieting yourself, how do you properly end your diet and transition to new goals? How do you maintain your results? And like, what are the next steps? Now, as a listener of this podcast, you know that we do things quite a bit differently. And I would argue that counter to most people's beliefs, this period, what you do after the diet is the single most important time for your client's long-term success. One, we see so many people that in the diet and then, okay, I achieved my end result. I achieved the outcomes that I wanted. Now I don't really feel motivated off a specific direction with my nutrition, with my training. And then people just slowly regress. And a year later, two years later, they're right back where they need to be. Like, shit, I've worked with so many clients and we'll actually talk about this later on in this episode. I've worked with clients who literally have hired me just for maintenance because they've achieved their end result over and over and over again, but they always backslide once they achieve that. Because so much of the beauty of like all things in life is in the chase, right? So anyways, actually getting into specifics about how we go about this. All right, so first and foremost, at the end of a diet, when a client has achieved the fat loss outcome that they want, the first thing that we start with is always the reverse dieting process. So basically what this is, okay, across the course of the diet, your metabolism is going to downregulate. This is what's known as metabolic adaptation. So basically your, me- your metabolism is made up of basal metabolic rate or BMR, which is basically just the calories you burn at rest for things like your heart pumping, breathing, etc. So if you're just laying in bed all day, the, you would still burn the same amount, amount of calories through BMR. We have the thermic effect of food, which is calories you burn during digestion. We have the thermic effect of exercise, which of course is calories burned during movement. And then we have non-exercise activity. Now, across the course of the diet, as your body senses that it is taking in less energy, In simplest terms, it kind of puts the brakes on any 
energy expensive processes or like slow some energy expensive processes. So a good example of this is your NEAT, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is a pretty good chunk of most people's metabolism. And that is also typically where we see like the most variability. So basically as you are dieting, um, your body senses, okay, energy coming in is less. And as most of you have probably noticed, your body probably doesn't get lean very easily. Your body doesn't necessarily want to lose fat. And it wants to maintain homeostasis and wants to have a comfortable amount of fat. So if we come across a period of time where like if a time of famine comes, your body has plenty of energy stores, aka fat stores to fall back on. So your body wants to maintain a comfortable amount of body fat basically as a stockpile of energy in case anything like this comes up. So when your body starts sensing that calories in have decreased, It'll also, and this varies a lot by individual to individual, how much your body will quote unquote put the brakes on processes that create more or less energy out. So again, like calories in, calories out here is what we're talking about. So calories out would be little things like pacing, fidgeting, blinking. And this is really why most clients set a step goal or we have most clients set a step goal to prevent because otherwise, like without realizing it, you're eating a lot less, but also because your body wants to conserve energy without realizing you're doing a lot less fidgeting, pacing, blinking. So the step goal is the closest thing we have to being able to better regulate that. So that's one of the ways that your body down regulates energy expenditure across the diet or quote unquote slows your metabolism. You burn fewer calories through non-exercise activity. Your body is getting smaller. So both at rest and during movement. So like both training, walking, and even just laying in bed. Your smaller body takes fewer calories to maintain and takes fewer calories to move. So that's another box, another box we can take for slower metabolism. And then finally, you're straight up just eating less, so you're burning fewer calories during digestion. So these are really the components of metabolic adaptation. That's why your metabolism, quote unquote, gets slower. Your body gets smaller, you're eating less, you're likely moving less. And it takes fewer calories to move and maintain your smaller body. So all this is to set you up to understand why we reverse diet people. So when we get to the end of the diet, your metabolism is slowed a good amount. But the thing to understand here is your metabolism is a very fluid thing. So as we start feeding you more and your body senses more energy coming in, your metabolism will start to speed back up. Again, the thermic effect of food will be increased. You're taking in more calories, so therefore you're burning more calories during digestion. Um, because you are eating more, you'll also have more energy, so you'll do more spontaneous fidgeting, pacing, blinking. Most people will naturally just move more. You can likely train harder. If you're adding some weight via muscle mass or even just like a little bit of weight via muscle glycogen and gut content, that's still a heavier body that your body has to that's, that doesn't make sense. That's still a heavier body that you have to move. And therefore, you're going to be burning more calories through that mechanism as well. So what we're doing in the reverse dieting process is basically trying to slowly ramp up, not necessarily slowly, but we're trying to ramp up your metabolism without overshooting. We're trying to match these gradual increases in metabolism with your calorie intake. So you maintain your current level of body fat but you're eating more and more calories over time. Now, this isn't at all like there's the old like bodybuilding method of we're gonna increase your calories by 
five to 10 grams of carbs every two weeks, right? We're not doing that. So typically how we go about this with most clients is we'll start by bumping their calories at the end of the deficit when you've achieved your outcome that you want. We'll start by bumping your calories to 90% of your new estimated maintenance intake. So to make it easy, let's just say that you have been losing one pound per week for the last four weeks. We know that to lose a pound of fat, you need to be eating in about a 3,500 calorie deficit. So let's say that you are eating 2,000 calories per day right now. We know then that per week, you're about 3,500 calories below maintenance or 500 calories below maintenance per day. So again, if you're losing a pound of fat per week, we could assume that if you're losing that at 2,000 calories per day, then to maintain your weight, you could eat 2,500 calories per day, an extra 500 calories per day, an extra seven or 3,500 calories per week. So we are going to bump you up to about 80 to 90% of your estimated maintenance just to make sure that you don't overshoot that right away to start the reverse diet. Because really being in a calorie deficit, eating fewer calories than you're burning for too long does get very taxing on your body physically and psychologically it's very stressful and it's not something that we want to spend a huge amount of time doing without periods of diet breaks um refeeds maintenance phases things like that and here the point is we there's no reason to drag the deficit out longer than is necessary so we're going to bump you up close to your new estimated maintenance as quickly as possible now the thing here to realize is like maybe let's say you started the diet 30 pounds heavier and you maintained on 3000 calories now, but again, your metabolism slows across this process or across the process of dieting. So now you very realistically could, especially if you lost that much weight, it's very realistic that your maintenance calories will be much lower than they were at the start of the diet. So don't go back to the, your maintenance calories at the start of the diet. We want to determine your new maintenance from your rate of loss over the last few weeks. Now from there, basically we're just watching how clients um, body weight changes, how their measurements change, and how their biofeedback changes. So first and foremost, when we're looking at body weight, the thing to realize is the first week transitioning from a deficit to a reverse diet, most women will inevitably gain about two to four pounds of weight, and most men will gain about three to five pounds. Um, so the thing here is, we're taking in more carbohydrates and we're overall eating more food. So one, you literally just have more food, more gut content in your belly, which is gonna create more weight. Two, your muscle glycogen stores are being refilled. So basically your muscles are soaking up in simplest terms, carbohydrates, which are also gonna soak up more water. So basically you're gonna gain two to four pounds of water weight if you're a woman. If you're a man, typically we expect three to five pounds. Now from there, the thing to realize is like we expect this, this isn't fat gain. This is pretty much inevitable if we're going to increase calories, but we don't need to be too attached to that because we're also taking measurements from there. We also know that the measurement. So I have my clients take, we have our clients take, I should say, I believe it's eight measurements. Um, we do right bicep chest, two inches above the navel at the navel, two inches below the navel, hip and thigh through, through the reverse dieting process. And really almost always we're going to continue to take these measurements. We're looking for these two more or less stay the same, except for the one that is two inches below the navel. That's the one that's most reactive to gut content. So basically when you're eating more, that's the one we're going to see more like quote unquote bloating with. So it's normal for that one to be up a bit. 
So after week one, we're just looking to see, okay, how did weight sit with our increase to 80 to 90% of your estimated maintenance? How did measurements sit? Did they change at all? Um, no? Okay, cool. We saw the expected weight increases, measurements sat. From there, typically the first two weeks, we'll keep calories the same. Week one, we see this big weight increase. Week two, we want weight to more or less sit, and we want measurements to sit as well. We just want to see how your body does with two weeks at this intake. Now, from there, everything is sitting perfectly. Okay, cool. Now, we're going to add another 50 to 150 calories, depending on the size of the individual, and see how your body does with this. So again, here, basically through this entire process, we're just looking at weight, looking at um, body measurements, and also we're looking at biofeedback. So hey, how's your training performance? How is your hunger? How's your mood? How's your motivation? All these things should be improving as we're feeding you more and more. So really this process can continue for quite some time. For most clients, this is gonna take four to eight weeks depending on the client. But again, we're looking at measurements, we're looking at weight, and we're bumping up calories, typically 50 to 150 calories, slowly increasing your maintenance more and more and more. And eventually we'll get to the point where, okay, this week we saw, now the thing to realize here as well is, it's normal to week to week see like a quarter to a half inch increase in measurements, but the following week we'll likely see a decrease. So as normal as you're taking in more food for slightly more fluctuations in your measurements to happen than they would a fat loss phase, but overall those should be evening out across the course of a couple weeks. So if we start to see multiple weeks where, okay, we saw measurements increase slightly last week and again this week, biofeedback is good. Okay, we're likely getting to the top end of your maintenance. So basically we want weight to be stable. We want trunk measurements especially to be stable. Now, if we start to see consecutive weeks where we're seeing increases here, um, and we're at a point that we realistically, and biofeedback is good, I should say, which is another important thing that we're gonna dive into in just a moment, then, okay, we've likely hit the top end of your maintenance. Now, biofeedback is a very important one because the reality is we all just have to have a certain amount of body fat on our physique to feel good because so many of our hormones are actually tied to, or so much of hormone production is actually tied to the amount of body fat that you have on your body. So no matter what, if you're too lean, and you'll know this because biofeedback is typically shit, especially things like sleep, stress, motivation, mood, and training performance, if all those metrics are still pretty poor, we won't stop the reverse diet just because someone appears to be gaining, unless it's like very intentionally. Okay, so like now the thing here to realize too is you can get lifestyle lean to where you feel great, you look great when you take your shirt off, your clothes off, whatever, um, but you don't feel like shit. But when we get to the point to like, okay, let's use Jeff or Dave, two of my clients that just got into photo shoot condition in the last month who actually did photo shoots. Um, they both got super, super lean. They got shredded. For them, for most people, that level of lean isn't sustainable. They were super lean, but biofeedback was bad. Training performances and recovery were in the dumps. They weren't going to be able to build muscle to continue to improve their physiques long-term, which basically comes down to building more muscle um, in that level of leanness. So they had to add back some body fat. So in situations like that, we reverse diet up until biofeedback is good. That said, if biofeedback is good, 
And again, we're seeing the changes we talked about before. So if you're starting to see consecutive weeks where weight is increasing or we're seeing measurements outside of that two inches below the navel really start to increase for multiple weeks, then it's time to in the reverse diet. Now it's super important here when we're talking about, because one of our main questions was um, talking about setting goals for your clients. So it's super important to keep the client very focused on, all right, here's exactly what we're doing next. Explain this process very thoroughly to the client. I lay it out just like I did here on this podcast for every client that's going through this. Shout out to Cassidy, who is going through a reverse diet right now, and Dave and Jeff are both going through a reverse diet process as well right now, um, and a couple other clients. But point of this is, it's very important to keep people super focused on okay, what's next? Okay, cool. You achieve your end goal because that's, again, that's the point where it's very easy to lose focus. And really how I see it, we always want to have a target that we're working towards three to six months down the road. So with both myself, this is why I love 90 day outcomes so much, but same thing with my clients. We're always establishing, okay, where are we headed in three months? Where are we headed in three months? And every four to eight weeks, we're revisiting that and making sure that's super clear. So we're always chasing something. Because again, the beauty of it is in the chase. The motivation is in the chase. And so many people, again, will achieve the outcome that they want and then fall off because, okay, I achieved my end goal. Now what? We don't want to let that happen. So from the diet, the last couple of weeks of the diet even, I like to start talking clients through, okay, here's what the reverse dieting process is going to be like. If you crush this process, if you go into this with just as much focus and attention to detail as you did the actual diet, then you will be able to cement these results, maintain them long-term at a much higher calorie intake or a decent amount higher calorie intake depending on the individual than you are eating right now. But we have to absolutely attack this. So it doesn't make sense why this is so damn important to nail. Okay, cool. Let's crush it. Again, this is typically four to eight weeks. So during the latter half of the reverse diet, then we're gonna get super clear on the maintenance phase. Now, before we dive into the maintenance phase, she also asked about macros. So typically in a reverse diet, um, no matter where we're at, typically clients are gonna be somewhere from 0.8 to 1.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight. 0.8 is kind of like the minimum threshold that we wanna be at for protein. I prefer to have most clients closer to like one gram per pound of body weight. Most studies show that it's kind of a consensus that 0.8 is kind of like that threshold, that box that we need to tick or building and maintaining muscle. But really, if we're looking at like the actual protein quality, especially in a building phase, most people will start to implement more like grains, things like that. And then like when more protein is coming from plant-based sources that aren't as good of a source of protein or the bioavailability is worse. So basically the amino acid profile isn't as good. So you don't get as much out of it. It makes sense, I think, to have protein slightly higher. But um, from there, protein is pretty much always for a client going to be around 0.8 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. Now, when we're reverse dieting, typically past that point, we know we have this protein threshold we want to be at. That's not going to change no matter what. Um, we're not going to drop below that. So our next priority is looking at fat intake. Okay, is the client below or is the client at at least 0.3 grams of fat per pound of body weight. We know once we get past this point, um, 
hormone production is going to be less than optimal. 0.3 grams per pound of body weight is thought to be the absolute floor of like, if we're below this for long periods of time, we are going to run into some trouble hormonally. Your body's just not going to be able to produce them as optimally. Plus, we're going to likely experience fatty acid deficiency. So we don't want to stay below that intake for long periods of time. So if the client is below that, we're going to bump those up a bit. If the client is point between 0.3 and 0.4 grams of fat per pound of body weight, which is pretty normal, I would say for most clients ending the reverse diet or ending the actual diet phase, not the reverse diet, we're likely going to start by bumping up carbs. Because again, granted, we can check these boxes for protein and fat. Increasing carbs is a thing that right away is going to make the client feel feel better. Training performance is going to be better. Recovery is going to be better. They're going to have more energy and some carbs do help with cortisol product or with blunting cortisol, excuse me, and hormone production as well. So stress is going to be lower all, all around. They're just going to feel a lot better. So typically we'll increase carbs until we're around, if we're below one gram per pound of body weight, we'll increase till we're at least in the one to 1.25 grams per pound of body weight mark. Then we really just look at, and this is where so much of the individualization aspect of coaching comes in. We'll look at like, okay, from this client, what I know of them, do they prefer more fats or more carbs? And typically I'd like to honestly push someone up to about 1.5 grams of carbs per pound of body weight. Then we'll likely add in another five to 10 grams of fat. And then from there, just what does the client prefer? Do they tend to have more of a fat preference or a carb preference. Okay, whichever makes this easiest for them to adhere to going forward, that's what we're gonna increase more of. Likely like a 75% of what they prefer, 25% of the other macro, be it carbs or fat. Okay, so past that point, then that's essentially taking us through the reverse dieting process, right? Now there, now that the clients achieve their result, we've reverse dieted them up to the point where the metabolism is at the ceiling of what we realistically think they can maintain with their current body composition, then it's smart to enter a maintenance phase. And this is the least sexy, most important thing you can do as someone that has tried to lose fat numerous times, but never been able to stay as lean as you want. And the reality is we work with many, many people in this exact same scenario. So right out of the gate, I have to say, if you're someone that's lost weight over and over and over again, you get to your end result or you get relatively close to your end result, but you don't maintain it, click the link in the show notes, apply for coaching with us. We will take you through not only the process of getting there in the most sustainable way possible, the reverse diet, but actually coaching you through maintenance. And this is the what most people are missing. You see people all the time losing a crazy amount of weight. You also see people rebounding and gaining back a crazy amount of weight constantly. It's not a dieting problem. It's a maintenance problem. So the maintenance phase is super important, which is why for a weight loss client past this point, then we would likely push for at least a four to eight week maintenance phase. And here the goal is hundred percent just practicing maintenance. Okay. So, and typically how I phrase this to my clients is, all right, so when we don't work together anymore, how many times per week do you think you're going to go out? How many times are you going to go out to eat, um, go drink with your friends? Anything like that. Okay, two of each? Cool. We're going to start practicing that shit right now. We're going to practice. Okay, this is how you make this many drinks work in. This is how you make these meals these meals out go in. This is how you make 
all these different things work in. Um, and we're also looking to buy out feedback. Are you doing a good job of selecting foods that are going to keep you full across the course of the maintenance phase? Are you staying consistent with your movement targets? Are you staying consistent with your training? Are you still building most of your meals around protein and fiber? All these little habits that really make or break your success at maintenance. And like I talked about before, we have literally clients that hire us for the maintenance process. So like one client that comes to mind right away is my client, Jody. Shout out to Jody. You're a badass. Um, Jody's someone that's gotten super lean many, many times, but for her, the biggest challenge was always sustaining that result. She'd gotten lean, but she didn't know how to keep it. So we've literally, we got her to her end result, and I believe it was 10 weeks, but the process was actually just starting when the fat loss phase ended because she'd been there before many times. Now it's just focusing on maintaining it and she's absolutely crushing it but the point of this is this next four to eight weeks this four to eight week maintenance phase is the cementing period is what i like to call it this is where you're actually practicing maintenance making sure you have all these behaviors in place to maintain this shit long term and again i can't explain enough how important this is so it's super important again that if you're a coach you are explaining very well to your clients, like this is the most important piece of this yet. You've lost weight in the past. You've gotten lean in the past. You've never been able to maintain it. So this is the time you're finally proving to yourself that you can maintain this shit long-term. And again, we just wanna get people fired up for like, okay, for the next eight weeks, you are very much just focusing on maintaining this physique that you feel great, that you feel confident in. This is the new challenge for you because it's something you've never been able to do before. I know you can do this now, but I, once again, need you attack to attack this with just as much attention to detail as you did the diet and the reverse diet in eight weeks, in 12 weeks, however long this maintenance phase is. And again, like this is why periodization is so important as well. So like for a client, we'll always have mapped out. Okay. In eight weeks, this is about where I estimate will be in 16 weeks is about where I estimate will be. This is how you're going to feel. This is what you're going to accomplish during that time. And these are the exchanges that we're expecting you'll make. So it's super, super important that we're not just going into that. Okay, now you maintain your result or now you achieved your end result. Okay, so now we're just going to kind of like maintain. If you go into that with that mindset, with that approach or your clients, you should say either or it's a lot more likely that people are going to regress. Again, you have to be super clear. Okay, in eight weeks, Here's exactly what we're accomplishing. Here's exactly where you're gonna be physically. And this is how you're gonna feel mentally. This is the next target. This is the next thing that we're trying to hit. We always, always, always have to be dialed in on that. And after that, here's like our projection going forward from there. And after the maintenance phase, there's basically two different routes that we can take, which we'll dive into in just a second. But again, as far as like macros go here, basically macros are staying the same. Some people's metabolisms will keep increasing slightly. So you'll gradually be able to bump things a bit, although not as aggressively as during their reverse diet. So here it's typically like maybe every three to four weeks, we can bump things by 50 to 100 calories. Um, but for the most part, we're just focusing on strictly maintaining. We want to see weight maintenance. We want to see measurement maintenance. And that in itself is the win. Hey, did you go out twice this week? Did you go smash a bottle of wine and on Monday's check-in, you still maintained all your results? Okay, cool. That is a huge win for you. 
So again, just selling clients on exactly what the wins are during this phase. Now from here, as I mentioned, there are basically two different routes we can take going forward. There's basically two different paths from the maintenance phase. So one is essentially for someone that wants to continue to maintain long-term. So here, basically, we're just practicing staying lifestyle lean, right? They don't want to get more jacked. They don't want to get even leaner. Basically, just maintain this level of body fat, but turn it into a more flexible, sustainable lifestyle, which is most what most people have been missing in the past. So again, like my client Jody is a great example of that because body fat wise, her goal is literally just to maintain now. So one of the things we worked on last week was, okay, you feel it freaks you out a bit to not have every single calorie accounted for ahead of time in your food diary. But we want to make sure you have this very flexible lifestyle. Like if you happen to, okay, your husband wants to go out for three glasses of wine, you didn't have that planned in, we want you to be able to do that. So like, okay, this weekend, I want you to leave 300 calories unaccounted for. I want you to literally go to this event and just have 300 calories to fill with whatever. And there's tons of different directions we can take it. But basically, we're practicing like all these little lifestyle tools and hacks to make sure you're really damn good at just living a flexible lifestyle. And it's just coaching clients through that. And the reality is for most people, this is something that very much takes practice. Now, if you're more interested in this aspect of it, I have a whole ebook on this. It's completely free. I'm going to link that up in the show notes as well. It's called The Lifestyle Diet. It really takes you through the methodologies that I teach my online clients. We teach our online clients. Um, and it's been super helpful for a ton of people. The other route we can take from here is entering a building phase. So this is where we're actually actively pushing weight up a bit. Now, regardless of if you're in a lifestyle phase or a building phase, I would very much push to, I would always push you as a coach or as someone that's coaching yourself to set performance goals as well. We no longer have like, hey, I see myself getting leaner every single week, which makes it a little bit more challenging if you're still focused on like purely body composition. It makes it a little bit more challenging once we end up at loss phase to stay motivated because you're not going to see your body change every single week. But we can see like, okay, I added a rep with the same weight on my back squats from last week. I added a couple pull-ups. Different performance metrics are super important here. So again, whether it's a lifestyle phase or a building phase, I would very much push and I do very much push clients to always like, okay, now we're in the maintenance phase, the reverse diet, the building phase, the lifestyle phase, whatever. What numbers do you want to hit? What are you focusing on pushing to the gym? What's the next target? What do you want to accomplish physically now? But again, we kind of, it's smart to detach that so much from like a, how are we seeing your body composition shift every single week? And for most people, it's healthy to get out of that mindset for a, a good amount of time. Now in the building phase again, here we're actually pushing to gain 0.25 to 0.5% of body weight per week. Typically, and it varies depending on the client. If it's someone that wants to stay super lean, we'll slow that rate to gain down a bit. But the point of this is, if you aren't in a deficit, so we know that you're not losing fat, you want to add more lean muscle to your frame. We know that since you're not losing fat and lean muscle requires also adding some weight to your frame because lean muscle has weight, if you're not gaining a bit of weight slowly, you're just not building muscle. So we do want some building to happen. So from here, 
Again, basically, it's up to the client's discretion. Which direction do you want to go? We're getting locked in on our performance goals. And then again, okay, two to three months down the road from now, where exactly do you want to be? How do you want to feel? What's your social life like? Or what's your performance like? What numbers are you hitting in the gym? What movements have you gotten strong as shit at? Again, always, always, always we're painting this picture of the future. Who are you going to be three months down the road from now, six months down the road from now? And really like coaching as a whole, that's what it's all about. And it's not even kind of a side tangent, but it's not even just the physical changes that we see. Who are you going to be? And that's one thing that I'm obsessed with. Who am I going to be three months down the road from now, six months down the road from now? And similarly, I love helping others with that. Not just your physical fitness, but who's the person that you're going to become through this process of drastically changing your physique, of getting super disciplined, and then you happen to dive into personal development, and then you start waking up an hour earlier every day to focus more on developing yourself, and then you go off and start your side hustle, and then it becomes your full-time hustle. It gets me fired up. But anyways, in a nutshell, that is how you end a diet, go through the reverse diet, Go through a maintenance phase so that you know that you can sustain your results long-term, which is the biggest goal for every single person that we work with. And then finally transitioning to the next goal. But biggest takeaways from this is basically always have something on the board, have something on the calendar, have your three-month target, your six-month target, your year target, and don't just attach that physically to who you're going to be then. But overall, as a person, body, being, balance, business, how's this going to change you? Who are you going to be three months down the road from now, a year down the road from now, five years down the road from now? All right. And that is how we go about it within coaching. Hopefully you found this episode helpful. If you enjoyed this, do me a huge favor. Take a screenshot of this podcast on your phone right now. Share it to Instagram and tag me at Jeremiah Bear. I want to connect with you and thank you for listening. And you're really helping me grow the reach of the show, and help more people, which is my absolute favorite thing to do. All right, guys, that is all I have for you today. Thank you for tuning in.